Welcome to another amazing episode of the Path to Podcast Success with your host, audience building and fear crushing podcast expert, Evan Bradley Johnson. Every single week, Evan has powerful conversations with successful entrepreneurs and business owners, revealing the podcast strategies they use to grow their subscribers and sales, and how you can use your podcast to finally get to that next level. Now, turn on your mic and let's start down the path to podcast success. Okay, welcome everyone to another very exciting episode of Path to Podcast Success. I've got a guest here that I'm really excited about, a local to me in the Sacramento area, which is always a lot of fun. I very rarely get someone that's so close to home on the show. So this this interview I'm really excited about. David Avalos, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Evan. Glad to uh, check your local box. (laughs) Well, thank you very, very much for being here. I so I like to start off in the same place with all of my guests, and that has been making sure that everyone listening is on the same page and they have the context they need to get the most they can out of this conversation. So for those people, go ahead and tell us what is it that you do? Well, I don't know if the show is long enough for that, but what I can tell you is that um, in context of what we're talking about today, um, I have a very significant background as an entrepreneur, also as a consultant to people who are in various stages of either business development uh, or personal development. I do work with a lot of folks in that regard as well. Um, And my primary background uh, that most of that stems from is in the culinary world. I grew up as a chef and then went on to become a restaurateur and then food development and uh, lots of paths and avenues along that way. So and that took me into, I can't even tell you how many different avenues, food television, food radio, uh, lots of competitive shows. And yeah, just like whatever came up, I was able to use those skill sets. Yeah. yeah. What I okay. predominantly do now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's really exciting. So you've been an entrepreneur then for pretty much your entire life is what it sounds like to me. Um, and you're able to, it, it kind of seems like you follow the kind of natural progression where you're in business and you create the success for yourself. But then when people start to notice, it's like people start asking you, right? How'd you do this? How'd you do this? And so then it kind of comes around full circle. And then it's like the whole student becomes the teacher situation. And now you're doing some coaching and consulting and helping other business owners with that. I think that's really exciting. Yeah, I think it's really important to share the wisdom that you gain along the way. And a lot of that wisdom in the business development world is harsh realities. Um, so if you can lessen the impact that people have in the, in the hard angles and kind of shorten the curve a little bit, I think that it's all of our responsibility to just help each other out. Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, so is your, is the consulting and like, and coaching, um, that you do, is that like individual or do you have like group programs or how do you structure that? So, um, I do that on a number of different ways, um, predominantly in the business aspect of it. Um, I have a consulting business that's, is under Quadrivium Innovations and a lot of people that come to me in that regard are looking to 
I'd say the majority of the folks in the business world are looking to develop their community culture uh, internally. Uh, and I do a lot of work with what I call uh, the organism culture developments. And it kind of came from um, a couple different pathways that I was led into uh, in my lifetime where you're trying to develop something that is bypassing the old hierarchy of top-end leadership into something that's more inclusively developed around every person within the organization has a very specific skill set that will come into some level of importance for the organization or the organism, uh, as I like to call it, somewhere along the way that will elevate that Mm -hmm. organization into something higher. Um, And just so I don't forget to mention it, I am currently also working uh, with where we met in that, that incubator as the, uh, operations and engagement manager for Foodum here locally, which is a really great company, super exciting. And definitely want to share some of that information with you as well. So Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that that that's that's pretty awesome. So it sounds like so I know you're doing work with Foodum and the incubator uh, growth factory here in the Sacramento area. Mm-hmm. Um and having and doing the consulting as well definitely sounds like you're pretty busy, but I think those are some really, you know, impactful projects to be working on, which I think is really exciting. Um, tell me a little bit about Foodum. I would love to tell you about Foodum. So, um, in, in its simplest terms, Foodum is, um, it's a culinary chef technology platform that puts, uh, individuals who are looking to have prepared meals in their homes by a professional chef, um, come into their homes, prepare recipes that they selected off of our platform database, and then professional chefs who are vetted come into your home, prepare the meal and yeah. And leave you with something great to eat either for your meal that evening uh, or for later on, you can have them packed up. You could have them frozen. So it's kind of like the, the, in the realm of the meal programs that are available where you order it online and it shows up to your house, but you're actually getting it prepared in your home by a professional chef. Right. So it kind of takes those meal prep services to the next level by actually having a chef come and prep it for you. It does. So it takes out the carbon footprint of having it all shipped around um, and all the packaging waste that comes with, you know, boxes and plastics. And, and honestly, I think that, that there are definitely some areas of that um, sector that have been suffering because, um, you know, the costs have risen above what people are really looking to spend and the quality of some of the products, not all of them. Some of them are still doing a great job, but because it got to be a runaway business model, there were a lot of people who entered into that sector who were not doing a great job. So it kind of tainted the field a little bit. So with our program, you know, you're getting products that were procured locally and prepared by a local chef, which, you know, who could beat that? Right. Now, is this only in the Sacramento area or is this countrywide? Uh the goals and aspirations are country and globally, but at the moment we are California based. So we reach as far down as Los Angeles, uh, Sacramento and the Bay area. Okay. Nice. That, that's really exciting. And so remind me what your role is in food. So my current title, um, <laughs> and I'll explain why I shared it that way, um, is right. Chef operations and engagement manager. So I work on predominantly the side of the, the chefs. So 
because of my vast background in the culinary world, I have the ability to speak to chefs on, on, you know, I help find them in the HR selection process, help vet them, and then prepare them to get onto the platform where they're operating through our platform to take clients. And also in the development process of helping create deeper engagement so that we have some levels of um, fun and excitement within the company to basically address retention so that we keep these chefs um, having a great time on our platform. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, just because I said I would cover that a little bit, I, I think because I was brought on with this background of, you know, I have operated as COO in companies and large scale operations. I have that background and vision to help take the company to some new levels. So I'm really excited to be working with the founder, uh, Renetta Jenik, um, and provider with the same wisdom we were talking about earlier. I just have that background of, wow, I know what it looks like when you're trying to move the chess pieces around on a large global board um, and all of the, you know, there's a lot of caveats that come with building a large company. So I'm hoping that I'm also sharing my wisdom and yeah, we'll talk about so many things about our strategy and how to move the company forward that move beyond the title that I'm also enacting at the moment. So Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you're part of the, you're here to help with that vision. Like you can see those chess pieces and you can see how they can move and you can help them win that game. I think that's really exciting. Um, and that kind of all comes down to like, it reminds me, like, like you said, you do the consulting as well. It seems like you kind of employ very similar skills to both areas. There's a food is a little bit more directed for that specifically, whereas the consulting is for, you know, whoever you just had to work with as far as that goes. I, on my podcast, I am a huge, huge fan. And everyone listening knows this. I'm a huge fan of actionable advice. I hate it when I see people consume book after book and podcast after podcast, but they never actually do anything. Those podcasts or those books tell them to do. So they never, they never grow. They never learn. They never change anything. Right. So I try to be different. Right? I try to make sure people can take something from my episodes and use and put into practice today. So let's say there's someone out there who's really excited about the, the global scale you're playing at and the, the impact you're making with 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 what you're doing and let's say someone you know is building this company and they're building a business and they want to grow in that way what's one piece of actionable advice you would give them to really be moving in the right direction start small mon you know memorialize everything uh keep track of everything and make sure that you make lots and lots of really small incremental decisions and 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 monitor how they either support the company in the moment or if it directly affects something um, in the negative, which I actually think those are more important than the positive aspects. Um, Make sure that you take the little steps forward and learn everything about your company before you expand into something too big because it will end up consuming you if you spend every moment trying to fix issues that would have easily flushed out on a smaller scale. So for me, it's always about, you know, take, take small mouth bites, uh, you know, like that old adage about eating an elephant, you know, <laughs> one bite at a time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So I'm and really good advice as well. I mean, honestly, that's a lot of people get really overwhelmed. Um, 
you know, do, you know, especially playing at that kind of a level. And so being able to take those small bites, I think really can make the difference. That makes me want to ask, especially with, you know, the scale you're playing at, like I know oftentimes um, in the world of coaching and consulting and things of that nature, like we teach what we most need to learn. You're doing a lot of work. Have you ever had problems with burnout yourself? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, I have been in the culinary music and entrepreneurial avenues of my life for over 40 years. And I will say yes, a lot. Um, (laughs) So I appreciate that you framed it that way because it is a learning experience. And every time um, I try to implement something into my own learning, as well as into the culture that I'm working with about that very thing. And I think that right now we're seeing so much of that, that burnout where, um, yeah, people are overreaching and just trying to make the little things matter. Um, and it takes a lot of effort. So to directly answer that question, uh, heck yeah. Yeah. I have definitely way overdone it. I had to step away <laughs> from really big projects because I, I wasn't capable of maintaining that momentum. Right. Oh yeah. And how, how did you handle that? Like, cause I know a lot of people out there, I'm sure. I mean, it's, it's so hard to say no. And it's so hard to be able to step away when, when it's like, you know, you need to, but you're like, no, 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 I can do it. I can do it. Like what, what is, what is, uh, what is your advice around that? How did you handle that? Um, well, here's what I would say. 20 years ago when I was full of fire and bravado, I, I didn't know how to walk away from it fast enough. And it was always trying to take it on, trying to take it on. And it wasn't until I reflected on everything that I had lost in the path of getting to that, um, that I started to develop a little bit of wisdom. And now I would say that it, now I just have built into my practice, my daily practice of observation and self-reflection. Wow. How am I feeling? How is this affecting me? And I can tell you that uh, my last two big ventures, I, I stepped away from because for many reasons, but most of it was, I was not in alignment with what I would like to achieve in my life right now. And that's some sort of measurable balance in my life between my work world and everything else. Cause I could give right. you a whole resume of things that I have walked away from that. I wish I hadn't because I was so busy and so focused on business and development that I lost some personal relationships. I lost, you know, some other things that I wish I had paid more attention to. Yeah. I'm just getting a little too further down the line to want to keep making that mistake. Right. Cause that's the struggle I think with as entrepreneurs and people in the world of business, it's really hard finding that balance. Yeah. I feel like, you know, work-life balance, kind of a buzzword, you know, but it's like, it's, it's true. I mean, especially when you're really trying to create something big and you're, and you're making these big moves. It's so difficult to not be just consumed by that, you know? And I think it all really does come down to saying no, because here you are, you're successful. You're not living on the street, right? Not Despite now. Despite having said, <laughs> yeah, not now, right? I'll wait and see, but as, as of right now, um, but like, but yet you said no to, to projects, a whole resume is worth, you said even. And I think there's a lot of fear on that for a lot of people saying no, because it's a skill. It really is a skill. It is. I completely agree. And I was just thinking while you were sharing that, Tom, of a couple of things that have come 
by me in the form of wisdom from old uh, partners and entrepreneurs in that we have, well, first of all, let me say this. I mean, true entrepreneurs, and I, I think that we're seeing this influx of people who are trying to step in the market, but you have to be built out of something special to really make it to the end. And no matter what, you're going to work hard. You're going to put in a lot of hours and you're going to throw your life out of balance every now and then if you really want to succeed at something. And what I've been lucky at in my path is that I've always been a part of something that I was able to really dive into because I deeply believed in the vision and the mission. So what was the community give back? What was the support to the stakeholders and the people around me that were going to benefit from me putting in this kind of hours and this kind of work? Because you're not going to get away from it. You're just not. It's going to always be there. Um, however, a great entrepreneur is more likely to choke from too many opportunities than to starve from not enough and not being able to like really learn how to manage your time and your filter system of like, you know, once you become successful, everybody wants you to be a part of them, even if it's just to put your name on their project, because they want to, they want to ride on that coat a little bit and yeah, that only goes so far. So I think that, um, you know, just being in a position of, and coming from the wisdom of having made mistakes from taking on too many things or taking on too many visions, um, you hopefully start to learn that there's only one way to get to the end and that's alive. I mean, <laughs> if you kill yourself and create a monster that ends up eating you, I don't know if that's success. Yeah. You, know, you got no friends, you got no family, and you're sitting on a pile of gold or whatever it is you were trying to get. And what is, what was the point? Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that, that's the struggle. I mean, because you get so consumed by that desire to create that kind of, you know, success, you know, to buy things and go places and do things. But as so many entrepreneurs I see in people in business, it's like, I thought the whole point of, of being in business was so you could have freedoms, right? Travel, experience the world, do things, be with family, be with friends. But too, you know, too many people, like you're saying, they have nothing but their giant pile of cash and at that point, like, what's even the point? There are people so poor, all they have is their money. And, you know, yeah. there's, there's got to be something at the end of it. You know, and one of the books that somebody handed me when I was 18, I put it in a backpack and I didn't look at it for another three years was uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. And are you familiar with that? that oh, yeah. Yeah. So I thought like the person who gave it to me, I'm like, why in the world would you hand me this? I was on a crash course with being a great chef and a musician at the time. I'm like this has nothing to do with my life. And I accidentally opened it. And one of the things that I learned in that process is he's got these 12 things that really give you the perspective of what true wealth is. And money is at the very bottom of that list. You know, what is your health like? What is your family relationships? What's your relationship to your community? You know, why are you doing this? And if you can't answer any of those questions, then you end up like the people who win a lottery. You know, they were 
playing out of desperation. They won out of desperation. And now their life's in a whirlwind worse than before because everything else was out of balance. And um, see, I think there's some real importance to being able to project yourself into what it looks like to have resource and financial stability and all those things if you don't have anything that's meaningful to surround it with. Exactly. And and the financial success is the what, but people always forget about the why. Like, okay, let's say you want to make a million dollars a year. Why? <laughs> what are you spending those million dollars on? Or if you say if you're saving them, what are you saving them for? You know? And I feel like a lot of people don't really think about that. And, and for me, an even deeper question beyond that is, did I harm anyone or anything along the way to get to that? Or did I empower and create a better system and something more meaningful to the world? And as a result, I made a million dollars. And what am I going to do with that? You know, Is it just going to be all about me? Or can I honestly stand up in a room full of people and say, wow, oops, I made a million dollars. But what's more important to me is that I made deep connections with my community. I actually created a system or a program that elevated somebody else's life. I, I did something meaningful that got me there. And we, we see those entrepreneurs out there succeeding. And we see the people who just got in it because that was their only vision statement was to make a ton of money. Um, yeah, that doesn't tend to go so well because there's not a lot of value behind that. And I'm not saying it's not important to create resource. I mean, that's the only way to give resource away is to create it. Um, but, but there has to be a vision in place, at least for me. And I know other people who, you know, they, they're kind of all about the Benjamins and that's fine. Um, but I, I don't know what they're going to say at the end of the day when that's all they have. Right. Oh, yeah. And it's really, yeah, because you, you forget the why. I mean, and, and like you're saying, I mean, money is a direct byproduct of value creation. And I truly believe that. You know what I mean? Like, if you create value, if you change people's lives for the better, if you make a positive impact, then, you know, that's something that money comes from. And it's okay to want money with that. You know, like money can be a, a driving force in making that change because, I mean, yeah, money is at the bottom of the list, but it's still on the list. You know what I mean? Like it's still because we need money to live. We need money to experience things. Like I'm, I'm doing, I'm traveling to Europe at the end of July. That costs money. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's okay to want money and have it be a part of it, but it's like, it can't be this all consuming. Like it doesn't matter who you step on or what you do. Like, oh, you just need money, money, money. And that's it. Right. And it's finding yeah. that balance. It is the balance. Yeah. Thank you for saying that because it is, in my opinion, um, it's, it's a holistic system that you become a part of and your life becomes enriched because you did take the steps to create resource in your life. And in return, wow, I get to go see the world and I can look back on that with some, some affection because this is, this is what I did to do it. And I didn't hurt anybody to get to that point or, right. you know, yeah oh yeah yeah no truly and that's it's it, yeah it really is all about uh that balance and being because of course some people will go too far in the opposite direction you know where they're like oh I'm, money is money is evil 
uh, and I, I, you know, I can't have any, um, you know, and it's like, well, no, that's money's neutral, right? It's just how you use it and what you do to get it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a life of conflict. Like you can't, and I know this personally and to what I'll speak to around this. And, you know, I do a lot of work with advocacy and I have been in lots of different circles with people who are anti something. And the part of the culture that has to be really considered is you can't live a life that's in direct opposition with something that you use every day. You know, you have to recognize that there is a balance that we have to create with it and realize that, you know, okay, well, in the moment, money is what we've created. Have we created some unrealistic ways of using it and managing it and monitoring it? I think everybody would probably agree yes to that. But we can't hate it so much that now we're blocking any of it coming towards us, you know, because we hate it. And now we live a life of guilt and suffering because I'm spending this thing that I hate so much and I hate myself for using it. It's like the people who, you know, are on a diet and the worst thing that they can do is to hate the food they're putting in their mouth. Like, you know, I hate this, I hate it, but I have to eat. Um, it creates conflict and really it, it creates illness in our mentality and our overall being. So absolutely agree with that point. We, we have oh, to encourage it, but in a healthy way. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, hundred percent. That is, that is very true. And those are insights that really take, you know, some people realize them. It's never too late, but like a lot of people may realize a lot of this only after a lot of damage has been done in their own lives. You know yep. what I mean? <laughs> Yep, that's where wisdom <laughs> tends to come from. <laughs> well, I wish I could say that I just like came out into the world and knew all this, but nope. No. Uh, suffered a lot of damage on my own learning those lessons. Yeah, that, that that's how it happens. No matter how much family or friends may try to help you avoid it, like the only way to truly kind of internalize these lessons is going through and experiencing it yourself. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Well, I think that is a great spot to end the the episode. David, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and for sharing the exciting things you're doing and for diving deep with me um, into the world of money and life and how it all fits together. I think it's a conversation that too few people have. And so I appreciate you for having it with me. Um, for people who are interested in you and in Foodum and in your consulting and everything you do, uh, where can they find you? Yeah, thank you. And thank you for your for the, the work that you're putting into the world, Evan. I really appreciate it. And it's important to have people share their experience. So thank you for the platform, the opportunity. Um, so foodum is myfoodum.com. And that that takes you into our whole world of how we can be a support to you to create great food in your home for people who are too busy but really want to eat well. Um, so you can start there either as a client or as a chef. If you're looking for the work as a private chef, you can start there. You can also, um, that, that's probably the best place to start for, for the foodum. And as far as I go, mine is quadriviuminnovations.com. Uh, and that should still be active and running. Um, we, we switched platforms recently, so I'll need to check on that. I've been so busy with foodum, I haven't really had a chance to. You know, I try to stay relatively focused on one thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Half ass two things or whole ass one thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much, David, David, for being willing to come on the podcast again. It was an incredible interview. And thank you again. Yeah, thank you, Evan. All right, take care. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting the Path to Podcast Success Show. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review, letting us know what you think of the show so we can bring you the most value we can from these expert podcasters. Your support helps us reach more people looking to step up their podcast game so that they can continue to grow their brand and spread their message. So again, thank you for listening to this episode of The Path to Podcast Success, and we'll see you in the next episode.